Erev Shabbos. So today's daf is daf Kuf Tes Zayin. Baruch Hashem, page 116 in Mesachas Yavamas. And we're going to go back to the bottom of 115b, Kuf Tes Vav Amad Beis. And um, let us begin with uh, Yitzchak Reish Kalusa. We're going to back up actually quite some while. But we're going, to, it moves along quite fast. So this, uh, this begins at the two dots. The two dots, about two-thirds of the way down on Kuf Tesvav, Amud Beis, we'll see a colon. Yitzchak Reish Kalusa. We learned this already yesterday. Let's, let us review it. Bez Hashem will uh, we'll still be able to cover the daf. So Chazara is the Iker. The review is Meridix. Here we go. Yitzchak Reish Kalusa, Yitzchak the Reish Kalusa, Barach Rabibi. He was the nephew of, of Rabibi. Have a cause of a Kortova, La Aspamia Vishachiv. He was traveling from a place called Kortova to a place called Aspamia, and he passed away. Okay. So this guy, Yitzchak Reish Kalusa, passes away. Shochum Ehasim, they sent a message. Yitzchak Reish Kalusa, Barach Hasid Rabibi, Yitzchak Reish Kalusa, the nephew of Rabibi, Have a cause of a Kortova, Aspamia Vishachiv. Fine. Notice we needed to explain not only his name, but who he was and the background, the Gansamatsev. Why? Says the Gemara, Yitzchak. Are we concerned that perhaps there's two Yitzchaks or not? We got a message. Maybe this guy named Yitzchak, there's a lot of Isaacs out there. There's a lot of Yitzchaks. So how do you know that, uh, how can we permit his wife? Maybe somebody else passed away. Um, Abai, um, Rabbi says, Hashinon. We are concerned that maybe there's another Yitzchak and therefore the wife is not free to remarry. Rabbi Omar Leichashin and Rabbi says, nope, there's no concern whatsoever. It's Peseder. It's okay. There's no issue. Now, if you know for a fact, you know, even in Rabbi's opinion, if you know that there are multiple people and it's really a Shaila over which Yitzchak it is, you know, Rabbi would agree to that, uh, to that concept. But over here... Apparently, it wasn't like known that there's other Yitzchaks, and therefore, Rav was, was willing to be lenient. Am Rabbi, Abai says that no, you cannot be lenient on the wife. Maybe there's another Yitzchak, and I'll tell you why. Where's my source? The Hugita, there was a story of a get, the Shtakach bin Arda, it was found in Arda, Oksiv, a seven like get, but said, Klunya Masa, Ana, Androili Noi, Nahardaa. I, this person, Androiniloi of Narda, Pitaris, I was Patir. I removed, I released the Tarichasiyah's plainness into say, and I divorced my wife by this with this name. Vishalcha Avua the Shmuel Akamid Rabbi Nasiya, and the Shmuel's father sent the situation to Rabbi Nasiya. Vishalachlei Tibadignar Dakula, and he said, you know, you have to check out to make sure there's nobody of the same name. So says Abai. Abai says we are concerned. That's a proof to me. We are concerned that there's multiple people with this name from the fact that. Um, that uh, Rav Yehuda Nesiyah said, go check. Why is he saying you check? Because we're concerned. It's a concern. The Rav Amar Rav says, no, 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 no. He didn't say go check because of concern. I'll tell you why. Your logic doesn't make any sense. Im Isa, if it's true that you wanted that maybe there's other people with the same name, maybe you have to go ahead and, and join every Jewish WhatsApp group that exists out there, every email list, contact the large organizations, every federation, every uh, Agudas Israel of uh, every state, every Orthodox Union, every Young Israel, every uh, RCA-affiliated shul, and you're going to go out there and you're going to say, you know, is there anybody with this name? 
Really? You're going to say you got to go around to across the Jewish community and just bust out and sit? Says Rav, you don't have to go so far. I'll tell you why, though, Rav Yehuda said go search. Okay. It was out of the honor of Shmuel's father who sent it for him. You know, he sent the shot. He's like, you know, maybe we should check. So he says, well, go check him out. He, he didn't really hold you need to check. But once you have a hush of a person saying, go check. So he was kind of in line with that. He didn't want, he, want, he wanted him to look good. And I'll prove to you that what Rav right now did is deflect Abayi's proof. Now Rav is going to say, I will prove to you that we're not concerned that multiple people have that name. And therefore, in, the, in this story where word came out that this guy died, his wife will be permitted to remarry. So why? Where's my source? There were two shtarim, two, two um, documents that were, um, uh, that existed in a city called Mechuza. It said on these documents, Chavi bar Ninoi. Chavi, the son of Ninoi. Vininoi bar Chavi and Nanoi, the son of Chavi. Allowed the person to collect uh, money based upon these documents. Those were very common names in Mechuzah. So you see, you're not concerned about other names. Because even in a place where the names are common, we allow these documents to be valid. Oh. So therefore, Rav says, proof to me. Proof to me. There's not concern about other name. If somebody comes with this name, there's a document with the name Hakob Seder. You're okay. You can assume it's this guy. That's Rav. The Abai, Abai says, Abai was, again, he was of the opinion that no, you cannot rely on, on um, you know, just knowing that this is the guy's name. And we are concerned, perhaps there's multiple people. Says Abai, Lamai Nechushla, in Mechuza with these, with these common names, what are, you, what are you concerned about with the documents? Here we go. Elin Afila, if you're concerned that maybe the person who was owed the money, it fell from him and he lost it. Mizhir Zahir Bey. You don't need to be concerned about that. That's very uncommon. Most people who lend money based upon a document are going to be very careful with that document. They're not, it's not going to fall out of their pocket. And if you're concerned that maybe, um, maybe it was a Pikadan, okay? In other words, maybe that document itself um, was given over to somebody else to watch. So maybe it fell from. The owner himself will watch it, but sometimes the owner will give it over to somebody else to watch. And maybe that guy might not be careful. Since there's uh, similar names, he would not give it over to, he would not deposit it by somebody else. Why? So the logic here is because there is a natural concern. I have a document. It says Yitzchak owes me money. If I give it to somebody else to hold on to, and there's a lot of people named Yitzchak. I'm, I'm taking a risk over here. I'm taking a risk. Somebody else is going to collect it from a different Yitzchak. If you're the one who knows something, this is a, this is uh, this is a, a nice idea in life, right? If you're very, if if you need something done, do it yourself. Do it yourself. If you need it done a certain way, and you can't risk, so do it yourself. Okay? Now, there's sometimes you have to delegate. That's true. That's true. But there's other times where it's not worth delegating. And that's one of the circumstances the Gemara here is saying. My Amrit. So what are you going to say? Doma Masarlite. Maybe the, the, the one who's owed the money gave it over 
to somebody else just as a favor, but he wasn't like, you know, a bank watching it. Uh, documents are, are uh, owned through Mesira, through handing over. So as soon as you hand over the document from one owner to another owner, that other person, um, that other person accepts ownership, okay? And therefore, when, when we said that, that um, we're allowing these documents to be effective in, this, in, uh, in Mechuzah, and we're not concerned that the person who has it is not the original money who it was, uh, who it was owed to, but maybe it was somebody else, by slice it must be, that nobody was ever concerned that maybe somebody else going to have the same name. Okay, so that's the opinion um, that is uh, the opinion of Abaye. That is going to be Abaye's response back to Rava as to why he holds that we are concerned about perhaps there being two Yitzchaks. Okay. Another story. Hahugita. There was a get. This is where we left off yesterday. So here we go. Hugita, there was a get. It was found in Surah. It said on the get the following. In the city of Surah. I divorced my wife by this specific name. Went looking from Surah. Until Narda, they only found one guy. Yeah, there was only one guy with that name. And witnesses came and they said, On the day that the get was written, he was with us in Arda, not in Surah. So now they had a problem, right? Because it said, I divorced, he said, I divorced my wife in the city of Surah. Now here's the problem. They went looking, and there's only one guy with this name. And witnesses are saying he wasn't in Surah. So the one guy who could, who could possibly be wasn't even in the city that's listed on the get. Even myself, who hold that in general, you got to be concerned that maybe there's somebody else with the same name. Over here, you can rely on the fact that it is the same guy. My boy, my boy, Surah. Because if he would have said that, um, if witnesses say that he was in Arda, what is he doing in Surah? So Abai says, listening. usually we need to be concerned that somebody else has the same name and we don't know for sure that this is his get. But now that we completely searched Narda, it says the Rabbanon went searching, and the only one with this name of Anon was uh, somebody who could not have been in Surah, so the only Anon Barchia ben Arda is left with the, he's the only one left being the possible husband who divorced his wife. Okay, clear. To put this all into one sentence, Anon Barchia in Arda, there's Anon Barchia in Surah, and witnesses are testifying that the one from Narda couldn't have been in Surah, must be who has only one person left. Anon Barchia says the Gemara Amarava. So Rabbi says, There, I agree, there's no concern. You've, you've really narrowed it down completely to one person. Amarava. Rabbi says, Afu Didi, even according to me, where I hold actually and usually we're not concerned about another, another Yisrak. I actually say that over here we should be strict. Why? Doma. Maybe 
you know, this is for the this is for the movies. Maybe even though the witnesses are testifying, he couldn't have been there because he was in a different city. Maybe he went on a flying camel, what we'll call an airplane. Maybe he went zooming fast, inami bekfitza, or maybe he got there through kfitza. Rashi says maybe he has some sort of knowledge of of shortening the land by using Hashem's name. You know, kind of like what happened to Eliezer, the servant of Avram. Maybe a miracle happened, Inami or Mile Masar. Or maybe he gave permission before the get, and then they went to Surah to write the get, but he was staying in Arda the whole time. We know that Rav sometimes did that with his cipher. When you're in Shili, you should write that it's done in Shili. Even though the handing over the document is done in Hini. And just the opposite as well is true. When you're giving it, when uh, you're writing it in Hini, even if you actually hand it over in Shili. So interestingly, this is actually a pretty uh, uh, fascinating response from Rava. And Rava saying that just because it says in the Get that in Surah the Get was written and other people are testifying that this guy is in Arda and he couldn't have been in Surah, says Rabbi, so what? You can have somebody in Arda appoint a scribe in Surah to write the get. And you know what the, you know what the scribe writes? In Surah. So it's very possible to have a completely valid get that says it's written in Surah and the husband is not even there. Because the husband was in a, he was on vacation somewhere else. No problem. He instructed the guy in Surah to write it there. So you're right, where it's written. The husband doesn't need to be there. Say it. Fine. Says the Gemara, let's get back to yesterday's daf. Remember what happened. We had, a, we had a story, we had a case. Somebody deposited sesame seeds in somebody else's rishos. And uh, the guy knew the exact amount and everything. So we had a conversation, we had a discussion about whether that's, a, that's proven to be his. What's the bottom line? What is the halacha when it comes to the sesame seeds? Do we say that it belongs to the one who's claiming that he deposited the sesame seeds, or or the one who says that it's, uh, or the one who says that he switched it out and the guy already took it and now it's his, and 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 the ones that are in the container are currently his. Okay, so uh, so what's the halacha with the shomshmi? Rav Yimar Rav Yimar says um, that. We're not concerned that it was taken, and therefore he's going to have to give it back. Ravina Amar Chashinan, no, there is a concern that maybe what's currently in there is new sesame seeds, and you do not need to give it back. Vilchsa Chashinan, the halacha is he would be. Um, uh, we are concerned that he did switch it, and whatever's in there is currently his, and he does not need to give the sesame seeds back to the one who is claiming that he deserves it back. Period. End of that Gemara. Okay. Fascinating. Let's learn this Mishnah. Right? What do we say in the Mishnah? We made a difference whether we trust a woman if her husband's dead, depending on how much Shalom bias they had in their house and how much Shalom is happening in the world. So we said in the Mishnah, if there was Ketata Beinoi Levena, if they weren't really getting along. They weren't getting along. Now there's Shalom in the world, so word can travel fast. Word can travel. But there's shalom in the world. So, um, we said, we do not believe her. Even though, word can travel fast, and she could be a proven liar. 
But since they were already had a lack of shalom bias, you don't listen to that claim. What is considered ketata? What is considered a lack of shalom bias between him and her? Interesting, okay? Interesting, right? Sometimes things are shalom bias problems. Oftentimes, oftentimes there is a disagreement between husband and wife. A husband and wife are not supposed to think alike always. You're different people. Now, if you're always thinking alike, you know, what fun is there? <laughs> but it doesn't mean just because I don't agree with my wife, or it doesn't agree with me that there's a shalom bias issue. That's, a, that's normal shalom bias. You learn if you're a menshlich, you work it through. So the Gemara says, what is considered ketata? At what point do we say, no, no, no. There was severe shalom bias problems and we cannot trust her. Amar Vira Marshmul. If a woman's talking to her husband in a way where she's saying what we'll call the D word, divorce, and she's using that in the relationship as if, you know, so divorce me, divorce me. So that's considered already shaky legs. Says the Gemara, Kulu Nami Amri Hachi. You know, a lot of people, when they get angry, they might say that. And therefore, the Gemara is challenging that not that doesn't necessarily mean that there is, you know, uh, extreme shalom bias problems. Maybe that's just a disagreement happening. Ella b'meres lebaila gerashtani. Rather, when she's already claiming that her husband divorced her, meaning she's not telling the truth about the divorce. She's going around telling people, "I'm already, you know, I'm already completely separated from my husband." Says the Gemara. But we should so uh, believe her because Rav Amnuna, Dama Rav Amnuna, Isha Shamar Labali Gerashtani Nemena. As a woman says to her husband, you, you gave me a get. We believe her. Because we have a chazaka, a woman's not going to have the chutzpah to claim that directly to her husband's face, which is a fascinating concept, which I'm assuming still exists. We'll assume it still exists. Unfortunately, in the society we live in, um, very it, it's, it's not uncommon anymore where people just don't really have their own self-respect to be caught lying. It doesn't bother people. I mean, somebody lies and they're caught like, okay, just move on. Like, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like expected in politics and, and uh, in, in uh, society. It's no longer even like a, but it, it, at least it used to be and hopefully still is where people are not going to lie straight to somebody's face with chutzpah. A woman's not going to lie to her. You divorced me. And he never did it. So if a woman's saying that, we're going to trust that it actually happened. People have enough self-respect to not do that, that you know, to their spouse. Says the Gemara, no. You're right in such a case, we'll believe her. However, the case is, she says to her husband, you divorced me, and now that you divorced me, I'll tell you the names of the witnesses. And we asked the witnesses, and they said, what are you talking about? We never heard of such a thing. Okay? That's where we say we don't trust her. If she were to say, you divorced me, okay, say, ain't no demayas, we're going to believe her. Persons have a chutzpah to do that. But if she says, you know, she's basing it off of witnesses, and the witnesses are like, what? Never heard of such a thing, never saw such a thing. That's where we say, we do not, we do not believe her. Says, my time with diktato, what's the reason that um, we do not believe her? Because there was a lack of shalom bias. Rav Hanina Omar Hanina says, Mishum de Mishakra. You know, when there's a lack of shalom bias, that already causes her to lie. It's going to cause her to lie. Now, once there's like no relationship anymore, just 
It's a, it's a free-for-all for her. It's whatever works in my best interest. Because um, she might claim that her husband died more so, more so that w- when it didn't actually happen, when she thought it happens. Remember by the case of the war, by the case of the famine, there's a concern because of the upheaval in people's minds that she's going to, in her mind, decide that he already died when he didn't actually die. Now, when somebody does not have shalom bias, she's not necessarily going to be careful to check that he died when she makes that claim. She doesn't like him anyway. So under those circumstances, if there's ketata, and she's coming and saying, uh, my husband's dead, we're like, no, no, we, we can't trust you that you did absolute research. My benayu, what's the practical difference between these two reasons? The first reason of the possibility of lying. The other reason is maybe she didn't do proper research. Okay. Where we, uh, we know that there is ketata. Okay. So when we know that there's mamish ketata. And again, what was ketata? When there's already, she's, she's claiming uh, absolute divorce. Since he's the one who caused the shalom bias problems, maybe she will check to make sure he died. Now, if she doesn't like him, she's not going to check for sure to make sure he died before trying to remarry. But if she's not the one causing the issues, it was on the husband causing the issues, then perhaps if she comes up and says, my husband died, and it was known that there was Shalom Bayez problems, but only that he, didn't, he, you know, he had big issues with her, she didn't have big issues with him, then we'll say, Taka, maybe we should believe her based upon that, uh, that line of reasoning. Okay. They asked the question, searching for information. What is the halacha if an Eidechad testifies the husband died and there's a lack of Shalom Bayez? Usually, why do we believe something that usually is going to come to truth? He is not going to lie about it. Over here, like Mishaker, he won't lie about it. What if the husband walks in? The more we say time with Eidechad, and in general, we believe in Eidechad, because she'll check it out before she remarries. But over here, is she going to check it out? She hates the guy anyway. Says It's a good question. Question stands. Okay. Gavaldik, last two dots before the Mishnah, Rabbi Yudah Eimer, La'aylam eina v'cholu. In general, she's not believed to testify that her husband dies unless, says Rabbi Yehuda, there is extreme grief that's noticeable to, uh, on her. Okay? Tani, we learned that Rabbi Yehuda, they said to Rabbi Yehuda, according to you, that she has to show extreme grief in order to, to believe her. You should know, that a pikachas, uh, a woman who doesn't have any sort of, of um, mental issues, should be permitted to, uh, tinase, should be permitted to marry. Shaita lay tinase. But a shaita, we, we wouldn't trust her. Ella achazu v'achazu tinase. But the, it must be that both of them are allowed to remarry. Okay? Both allowed to remarry. Now what the Gemara is assuming here is very simple. According to Rabbi Yehuda, when do we trust a woman to be allowed to be remarried? When she shows normal signs of grief. Now, what's normal? Nowadays, we know there's no such thing as normal, right? But there's, there's a regular, you know, there's an expected reaction to situations. 
And if a woman is a shaita, and she doesn't fully understand how and where to express her feelings, so then she's going to have a totally different, the Bezdin is going to give her a totally different response than we would give to a uh, pikachas, which is surprising to us. Rather, achazu v'achazu tinase. Rather, they say, the Chacham argue in Rabbi Yehuda for this reason, and they say whether or not you show, you know, you show extreme grief, you're allowed to remarry. Because some people don't know how to show extreme grief. Some people don't, you know, there's, there's, different, there, there's different levels. Okay. There's a woman who came to Rabbi Yehuda's Bezdin, Amrleh, and they said, uh, uh, Amrila, they said to her, Sifdi Bailech, give a hespit on your husband, Kiri Manech, tear your clothes, Sisre Mizainech, and make your hair uh, all, uh, all messed up. Says the Gemara, and, and, and therefore will trust you. Says the Gemara, Alfua Shikra, what are you, <laughs> you're teaching her how to lie? It's like, oh, by the way, you want to testify about your husband? You know, you're in court. Make it look like you care. Make it look like you care. And then we'll believe you. Says Gemara, what? You know, you can teach her, you can teach her to lie? Says Gemara, no. In they hold like they're Rabbonan. And that anyway, they hold like they're Rabbonan anyway, you're going to believe her. But remember, whose court is she coming to? Rabbi Yehuda's court. And Rabbi Yehuda is the one who says, you got to look, you know, you have to, you have to show uh, uh, mourning. Amri, they said, listen, we're helping you out. The halacha really is, you're fine. You're going to Rabbi Yehuda, he's pretty machmir on this. If you make a look, mess up your hair a little bit, tear your clothing, Rabbi Yehuda's going to help you um, uh, remarry. Okay. Vi- Next Mishnah. All right, here we go. Basil Alayman Basil says, See, here's what's happening. This Mishnah is a continuation of the previous Mishnahis that taught us, that was discussing, and that's, that's what this parak is about, the Namanis, the trustworthiness of a woman who's coming and saying that her husband passed away. Okay. Now, we said that in general, the woman's believed. In general, the woman, she goes over, she goes on a cruise with her husband, she comes back alone, she says, listen, it was a whole levaya, my husband passed away. In general, we're going to believe her. Now, Beisil, let's restart. Beisil says, we didn't hear this halacha, Ella only, it only applies, when she's coming from harvesting, and it's in the same country. Okay? Meaning, she's coming to a Bezdin near the place where she's claiming her husband died. And there was a story that actually happened like this. Okay? The Gemara is going to get into the story, but it's got to be where there's some element of closeness and research available to us. Amru laham Beishamai. That was Beishil. Beishamai said to Beishil, whether she's coming from the harvest, we're going to see the harvest had to do with the story that we're going to learn about. Whether they were harvesting olives, whether they're harvesting grapes, whether she's going from one country to a different country. So the halacha is, 
the Chamim only mentioned Kotzir because of Haiva, because that was the that was the story. It happened in the time of the Kotzir, and it doesn't necessarily need that for our Psak. And eventually, Beshamim Basilo both agreed with the same halacha, and that's why we have our plain Mishnah uh, teaching us, you know, teaching us that everybody's in agreement. We're going to trust this woman when she shows up. Okay, we're going to get to the story soon. Let's 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 uh, get up to there. Says the Gemara. According to you, that it has to be in the same time of year, in the same, uh, you know, nearby. It should, if, you're, if you're taking the story literally, it should be only the harvest of wheat. I had no harvesting barley. I know it's only a harvesting. All these other situations where you're not actually harvesting wheat. What if you're harvesting your, your olives, your dates, your, your grapes? If you're going to take the story literally, and this is like very like, Vague, because you don't know what the story is yet. But if you're going to say, "Oh, only the situation of the story," um, you know, lekulu, and but it extends to everything else. Achanami, so too in our Mishnah when she comes and she says her husband died. My medina lekulu. If you're going to be specific, be specific. If you're not going to be specific, don't be specific, my dear Basilo. He says, no, in the story that we're about to learn about, it was, it, 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 uh, I'll tell you what needs to be specifically like that. It has to be like the country that she has to testify near that country because we're, she, she ha- there has to be Mirsus. Mirsus means she's concerned about being busted in a lie. And therefore, if she testifies near where the story happened, that's much easier to catch her. And that's why we're believing her. Because she's not going to set herself up for failure. There's a greater logic of belief. But to go from one country to another where there's much less possibility of being caught by Mirza, she's not afraid to lie. And therefore, we do not trust her testimony. Beishamai says, Even from one country to another country, people do travel. There's caravans that travel from one place to another. Hence, you can trust her even somewhere else. Okay, now the Gemara says, what's the story? What happened? My Maisa Shehoya, what was the story that took place? The Amar of Yudah says the name of Shmuel, Shofikat Hayu. It was the end of the wheat harvest. There were ten people who went to harvest their wheat. A snake bit one of these ten men. Umes, and this guy died. Ubasa Ishtai, his wife came. Fahidia Lebezdin, and she told Bezdin, My husband was bitten by a snake and he died. Visholchu, and they sent, you know, uh, investigators, detectives, Umatsu Kidvarel, and they found out that she was right. And it was at that time that the Chachamim said, Ha'isha Sha'amra Mes Bali, Tinosei. When a woman says, my husband died, she, we rely on that testimony. She is permitted to, uh, she's permitted to remarry Mace Bailey. And she says, my husband died also to Siavim. Says the Gemara, Let's say that the Machlaikas between Hananya ben Akavya and the Rabbanon is the same Machlaikas between Beishamai and Beisil. Now, we, the Machlaikas Beishamai and Beisil, that was our Mishnah. 
What is the machlekes between Akavya and the Rabbana? The Tanakh learned the Brayso that you saw them make chatos for chatos. A person is not allowed to carry the waters of the paraduma or the ashes of the paraduma v'yaviram yardin b'svina, and you're not allowed to carry them and bring them in a boat across the Jordan River. We're going to see a fascinating story, and also you should. Um, um, he's not allowed to stand on one side of the river and throw the mechatos or the efrachatos across the, the river either. Okay? Not only can you not take them across in a boat, even if, you, even if you have the arm of an NFL quarterback, you're not allowed to throw them across the river. You also should not float it across water. Should not ride with them on top of an animal or on top of somebody else. Let's say somebody says, you know, I can't swim and I'm too short. And you have a big tall friend who says, I'll walk across, I'll carry you on my shoulders. You're not allowed to do that. Whoever's carrying the mechatos or the efrachatos must have his feet touching the ground. You're allowed to bring the mechatos and the efrachatos across the gesher, across the bridge. And this applies whether it's the Jordan River or whether it is any other river. It doesn't matter. That's, so that's the Rabbana. says, no. The only Xera is, the only thing you're not allowed to do with the Eferchatos and Mechatos is a boat in the Jordan River. That's it. And I'll tell you why. Because what's this whole conversation? The conversation is Maisha Shoya. What's the Maisha Shoya? Uh, um, uh, what's the Maisha Shoya? We'll see soon. Uh, again, the Gavagwar is going to keep us a little bit uh, waiting uh, for, for the story that took place in the, uh, in the Jordan River. But the Gemara at this point is just going to uh, try to understand the Machoikas. Let's say the Rabbana hold like Beishamai that. When you have a story and the Rabbana make a, a gazera to believe somebody based off of a story, it doesn't need to be exactly like the story. You could transfer the, inf- you, 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 could, you could use that and learn to other circumstances as well. For Rabbi Chanani ben Yaakavio, the Omar Kibizil, Rabbi Yaakavio is going to hold like Bizil, who says, no, whatever the story is, the Rabbana made a gazera exactly like the decree that was in that story. So the same Akavio as Bishamay Bizil would be the Rabbana and Akavio and Rabbi Chanani ben ben Akiva. Says the Gemara, no. Amr lach Rabbanan. The Rabbanan will say, Afanan Afka Beisil. We could hold like Beisil. Now the Rabbanan said, you're not allowed to carry it in a boat. You're not allowed to float it across. You're not allowed to throw it across. They expanded it beyond the story that we're about to see. He says, no. Over there, why did Beisil say it's limited because of Mirsas? You may, there's an option to be a proven liar. So Mirsas is when there's the possibility of a, uh, of a proven liar. And therefore, there's greater reason to believe. Because when somebody could be proven and caught in a lie, there's greater reason to trust what they're saying now. People aren't, they have that self-respect. But Makam Kar of Mirsis. So when you're testifying in a near place, there's more trust because you could be a proven liar. And therefore there's, right? But Makam Rachuk like Mirsis. But if let's say, she says, my husband died in a faraway place, she's not concerned about being caught in a lie because it's more rare. Uh, so, but Hacha over here, as far as the Gzeira de Rabbanon, you're going to say, oh, maybe it has to be exactly the same? Why? In the story that we're about to see, what's the difference if I'm transporting the Mechatas or the Eferchatas in the Jordan River or, uh, 
or in Lake Michigan? What's the difference? A river is a river. Rabbi Hanani ben Akiva is also going to say, Bishamai holds that you could spread out and believe her in, firm, in, in further places because a woman generally is going to be careful before she remarries. If she's doing proper research, so what do we care if it's done in a, in a close place, in a faraway place? She's doing research. The story took place in the Jordan River and a boat. Okay, bottom line is, we thought that Rav Hananya ben Akiva and the Rabbanon is the same Machlekes Bisham Bisil, says the Gemara, not necessarily. Fine. Two different Machlekes. Now, we're holding our breath. What happened? What's the story that happened in the Jordan River with a boat with the ashes of the Baraduma that everybody's having all these disputes about? So here we go. My Maisa Shahaya. What is the story? See, here's what happened. There was a fellow who was overseeing the transfer of the of the Now this is not easy to come by. A paraduma so necessary to purify anybody who became tummy with a corpse, and it was not easy to come by. So we need to be ultra careful. He was overseeing the movement. Of the ashes of Baraduma. He transfers the ashes of Baraduma. Now listen to what happens. It turns out, in the flooring of the boat that he was carrying the ashes of Baraduma in, there was a piece of a corpse large enough to give off impurity to make everything tame. Yeah, so it was on a boat in the Jordan River. is at that time the Chum say, "Okay, you're not allowed to do that anymore." And now the Machoikas became: Is it limited to the Jordan River and a boat when they said that statement, or do we say Mali Yarden, Mali Sharna Hores? What's the, that whatever could have happened in the Jordan River, it just happened there. It could have happened in, in a different lake too. And therefore, the decree extends to, uh, to other lakes as well. Okay, let's learn the next Mishnah, and then we will hold it here for today. Zokta Mishnah, Beishami Yemrim, Beishami says, Tinasei, Vesitul Ksuvasa. When we allow a woman to marry somebody else and take her, uh, marry somebody else, she can remarry and collect her Ksuba from her first husband. That's how much we believe her. Okay, to even remove money from the husband's estate. We allow her to remarry, but we're not going to allow her to collect her ksuba. Bishami says to Bishol, why are you being so strict? You're allowing a married woman to marry somebody else. You're trusting her that her husband's dead and she can marry another guy. But no, when it comes to money, money is more important than anything else. You can't take the ksuba. Really? The few thousand dollars that you owe for the ksuba to you is harder to remove than Aisha's ish? A transgression of being a married woman? Omar the Hambishamai, Omar the Hambishol, the sole response to Bishamai, 
Let me tell you something. I don't agree. I, uh, it's not because I hold money is, you know, more important or more severe than anything else. But I'm, let me tell you, let me explain. Matsinu, we find top of tomorrow's daf, that brothers of a husband, even men, are not now going to take ownership over her estate, or over the brother's estate, because of a testimony of a woman. So they're just saying, listen, it's nothing to do with Arias, not Arias. It's just different parameters. When it comes to the laws of Erva, we trust her. When it comes to the laws of money, we're not trusting her. Not for her, for anybody. But, but um, the Ksuba is learned, how much she gets is, is based upon the Ksuba. He writes to her, He says, if you become allowed to marry somebody else, you could take whatever I owe you. So don't tell me that she's remarrying without being able to collect money. Says Beishamah, beautiful. In Aksuba itself, what's the expression? When you become allowed to marry somebody else, you'll collect your Aksuba. Well, she's allowed to marry somebody else. She can collect her Aksuba, says Beishamah. That's what it said. And guess what happened? Beishil says, you're right, we're wrong. The Chazru Beisil agreed. They said, we're wrong. We made a mistake. And they backed off. And they ultimately ruled like Beis Shammai. Beautiful. That's the end of the Mishnah. We'll hold it here for today. And Beis Shem pick up at 10 p.m. on Matzi Shabbos with Daf Kuf Zion. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.